When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 12, Episode 14. This is Writing Excuses, controlling pacing with structure. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And I'm structural. <laughs> I'm Brandon. <laughs> I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> See, now there are two examples of jokes by Howard. One, controlling pacing with structure, and the other using word choice yeah. to, yeah. to create a joke. Uh, we're going to talk about how you can use the actual form of your sentences, your paragraphs, and your chapters to change how quickly your story is read. Uh, pacing normally is involves having more stuff happen. You want to increase the pacing? Well, you start fulfilling promises more quickly or pieces of promises. But you can also pace someone through a chapter by the way you write that very chapter. Do you guys do this? How does it work for you? Yes, I do this all the time. Um, so one of the things that I became aware of being an audiobook narrator is that my job is to take the written word and convert it back to the spoken word. Mm-hmm. Uh, which makes me keenly aware of what punctuation and paragraphing does. Uh, the thing that that I realized over the course of doing this is that, you know, writing developed to convey the spoken language. And all of those pieces of punctuation represent places that we naturally pause in speech. So mechanically speaking, and this is this is like 101 as you're learning to do it. You hit a comma, you count for one. You hit a period, you count for two. You hit a paragraph, you count for three. Mm. And that kind of represents the way we, we pause naturally. So one of the things you can do to control a sense of pacing is literally how long your sentence structures are. Um, you know, if I, if, I have a, if I have something that's got a bunch of short, choppy sentences, that's going to mimic a faster breathing pattern in mm-hmm. some ways. Um, if I have something where I have a character that's speaking completely without punctuation at all, that's going to mimic a totally different style of excitement. So right. you can you can do a lot just by the way you you write the sentence. I once had a professor talk about this, where they said some of these things are counterintuitive. You just brought one of them up. Sometimes, if done correctly, a very long sentence will be read more quickly than a bunch of short sentences. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of newer writers don't realize. So like short sentences, stuff is happening. But since we pause a little bit more at the end of a sentence, it slows things down sometimes. Yeah, and one of the things that can happen to you, if you have a a paragraph that is made of only short sentences, let me give you an example 
of what it's like when you pause frequently. You're on Star Trek. I'm on Star Trek. William Shatner paragraph. But it does add some emphasis. Yeah. So let's talk first. We'll do emphasis next. But let's talk first about just varying this thing, the, the length. We'll talk specifically about length. Now, Howard, you have almost always short bursts, right? This is, this is your bread and butter. In the comic, I have to be very careful with long sentences for a couple of reasons. Reason number one is that the comic strip fonts don't have lowercase letters. Mm. And the absence of that information is a huge penalty for readers. It, it, it makes things harder to read. A longer block of text with no lowercase, uh, there's just there's less information for your eyes. And so I shorten the sentences. I break things into different dialogue bubbles. You know, if one person's talking for two or three minutes, uh, I will break those things up across dialogue bubbles to make it more readable. Uh, the second is that a large part of what makes uh, sequential art uh, a fun storytelling mode is that the pictures change as the words change. And if I put all of the words in one panel, it's very, very static. And so I have to spread it out and give, even if it's just one person talking, their facial expression changes from panel to panel. And, and that's what communicates the story. Yeah, and, and one of the things that's that's happening there, like, because I I have seen you use someone with a giant one one bubble with a giant block of text, which is as much as anything I think to give the reader the sense of this guy is droning on and on. Yep, I've also and, seen you do it where you write in such a way that the middle could be skipped, for <laughs> some, because you're driving to a point that is a pithy sentence at the end, which basically says, and so we need to kill them all, yes. where it's this long explanation of how cool they are. Boom, we need to go kill them. And that's the joke. And so if you skip all of this, you're like, blah, 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 boring stuff, joke, and driving force of the rest of the pacing. Yeah. I'm so glad you noticed that. Yeah, <laughs> now now we hope that's what he was doing. <laughs> Either no, that or your writing is boring and drawing. A lot of that at this point is... Is, is reflex. It's instinct. I can tell what's going to work in support of the story. Well, and it's it's the way you would tell that joke in, in real life. And this is one of the things, you know, that, that paragraphing is useful for, is to set something off like that. All right, let's move to paragraphing then. What, how do we use paragraphing to change our style? I still, our pacing, I mean. I still use the, uh, the old idea that I was taught in elementary school, that each paragraph is a separate idea. And so I... I I know from my own style that I love one-sentence paragraphs, and I have to force myself to not overuse them. And I ask myself, is this sentence enough? Is this a single idea all by itself? Or does it need to have more in there? And if I put in too many of them, it does make the chapter choppy. It uh, slows it down because we get an explanation and then a pithy thing, and then an explanation and a pithy thing. And too much of that it's it the, can ruin the emphasis of yeah. the pithy thing, but if used correctly, that one sentence can really drive a point home. Exactly. Yeah, and sometimes, uh, and I'm I've, since I happen to have a copy here, um, I'm going to use uh, Brandon's Dreamer as an example because he's got a paragraph that's one word long, and and so let me let me pull out what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this um, without putting that paragraph break in and with the paragraph the way I would narrate it. Um. 
So Phil stood just inside, arm leveled toward me, a handgun pointed to my head. I pulled to a stop, gaping for a moment, before he shot me point blank. Disorientation. I thrashed about, losing all sense of location, purpose, even self, as I was ejected from the dying body. Okay, that's with the paragraph break. This is stripping that out. Fi stood just inside, arm leveled toward me. Uh, uh, sorry, let me say again. I'm going to actually strip out all the punctuation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fi stood just inside, arm leveled toward me, a handgun pointed at my head. I pulled to a stop, gaping for a moment before he shot me point blank. Disorientation. I thrashed about, losing all sense of location, purpose, even self, as I was ejected from the dying body. So you can see what the paragraph does, that, that setting that disorientation off, you know, that is the only thing that the character is thinking about right in that moment. And that's, that's one of the things, one of the ways you can control pacing is by recognizing that as much as anything, you're also reflecting the character's experience. Right. I use the one sentence paragraphs as we've been talking about this, I realize a couple of ways. One of which is that I am going to refocus you towards something new. Something has completely changed the character's perspective and we need to stop and then start again. Um, I also use it the same way I was saying that Howard does it, where it's, here's a long paragraph, here's a one-sentence or a two-sentence paragraph that is a summation of that, mm-hmm. made more pithy, that is saying, and now we're going to do this about it. Uh, so they're summaries or they're changing directions. The emotion of a given paragraph, for me, is often uh, countered by what comes next. It's... Uh, paragraph, next paragraph, is often a form of scene sequel. You know, this delivers information and this delivers a reaction. And for me, the reaction paragraph is often the short, mm-hmm. is often the short response. Um, that pattern, as Dan pointed out, is something that uh, I can't overuse because then it just becomes, you know, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. And, and we, we, call it, we call it head bobbing in, in puppetry, yeah. which is when you... You overuse something, and so it ceases to have any meaning at all. Yeah, there's something in animation where if you animate every panel of everything that people are doing, it just looks really weird, and eventually you can't focus on the actions that are important. Yeah. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, let's stop for our book of the week, which actually is not a book. It's not a book. Um, thanks to our Patreon listeners, we can actually talk about anything we're excited about during this spot. And <laughs> I'm excited about a podcast. So I'm going to talk about Tea and Jeopardy uh, by Emma Newman and Peter Newman. Um, and Tea and Jeopardy, it, it, it's, it is so much fun. This is, this is an interview podcast, except that what Emma and Peter have done is that they've created this world in which uh, Emma and her her butler, Latimer, who is played by Peter, um, are having tea with a famous science fiction person, and then something goes terribly, terribly wrong. And so, you, and I've been on this, and when, when they, oh, when they nice. invite you on, they're like, and um, you're going to be threatened by a giant rock, uh, the, the bird. How would you escape? And as, as so, as you're listening to this, you know there there will be moments where that they will be having tea, and then something will go wrong, and and it it's so much fun, and it breaks up. It uses some really interesting pacing to break up that that standard interview. Yeah, I've been on it as well. It was the light. Uh, it was a little intimidating at first when they came and said. Something's going to go horribly wrong during our podcast. How do you deal with it? I'm like, what? Oh, Sounds this like is my favorite thing. thing ever. It yes. is so much fun. So they kind Watch of the start URL. with a little skit. They then do some interview, skit in the middle, and then end with another skit. It's yeah. really cool. URL uh, for this? Uh, that will be in the liner notes. T and Je- okay. But people, if, if people yeah. who are listening just Google T and Jeopardy, it's the first thing that comes up on Google. Excellent. Well, let's get back to controlling pacing with structure. So how do you transition between dialogue and narrative? Because I find that dialogue has different pacing from narrative, right? And it changes the pace in your reading. So when I say narrative, I mean the stuff that's not dialogue. Uh, What does this do? How do you get in and out of them? And how is dialogue paced differently from narrative? So can you actually clarify for me a little yes. bit? You're, you're not talking about the body language that comes in between pieces I'm, of... Yeah. You're, you're so talking about... Let like, me explain more yeah. deeply. Usually when you're writing, you will have chunk of text, chunk of text, chunk of text, either in third or first person, and then you will stop for a dialogue section where you transition right. into some people talking about something. And usually most writers, not all, most professional writers, dial down even the beats and the uh, the narrative during that, and let the dialogue do the talking, haha, and then they transition somehow back into narrative, and suddenly you're back much more heavily in the character's head, um, and things like this. Um, golly, I have not actually thought about how I do that. <laughs> I I I do that when I'm writing in third person. Mm-hmm. When I'm writing in first person, I am actively trying to combine the narrative with the dialogue more directly. Okay. Because it's all coming through the lens of the speaker anyway. Right. And so the, the, the main voice is constantly present. And so the difference that you get uh, switching into third person is that you do have different chunks. You have this is a scene, 
and then I'm going to describe what happens in between the scene or, or whatever. You know, we're going to talk about what we're going to do, then we're going to go do it. Whereas in first person, when I'm, when I'm trying to keep them all together, that narrative is throughout. And so when someone talks, I'll add extra narrative in there. So it's not just blocking of what they're doing, but it's also first person narrative reaction to what they're doing and why mm. and things like that. Um, and that does change the pacing a lot, I have found. And I think that's one of the reasons that I keep going back to first person is because it keeps the pacing, I don't want to say faster because it's, no, you, you could do fast with either one. But it's engaging. The first person cheats in that it can make boring things really interesting. Yes, by that's probably what it is. character come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like using pacing or dialogue to control pacing. Because it's one of those incongruous things that often you can handle it faster with fewer words with some lines of narrative, but readers click onto the dialogue. And if they see a bunch of dialogue coming, they turn the page, that dialogue will pull them through this narrative to get to the dialogue because they want to read the dialogue because dialogue reads faster. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think one of the things that's going on there is that what we're tapping into is um, is that there is usually some inherent conflict that is happening in a dialogue. Even yes. if it's just, I want to get this information and you're being slow to tell me. Um, or you're being you're being an idiot. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> All conversation is yes. combat. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's that's how you use it. Not... <laughs> Clearly. Like an idiot. No, I mean, so... <laughs> but what I, what I mean is that that this is often why we we talk about putting conflict into dialogue uh, or or putting exposition into dialogue because it it becomes a conflict and i think it's one of the things that happens with um with first person is that you get that that character viewpoint automatically attached to it from mm-hmm. the narration and with dialogue you get it there too um i think i mean one of the things that happens with me when i'm using dialogue and in pacing i'm still thinking about how i transition in and out of it um, but I, I do know that if I want a scene to feel like it's very rapid fire, I cut almost all of my description. Mm. Um, because at that point, for me, the character is just focused on on what is happening with the other character. Uh, and when I, when I want a sense of more leisurely conversation, that's when I'm going to describe the things around them. Mm. Because the reader perception of it as well is that that you have slowed down, that, that the, there's a line and then things happen and then there's another line. So it's, uh, it, it has a slower sense of pace. One thing I noticed from my students uh, who are higher level students, you have to apply to get in my class and all these things. And so they're really good writers. A lot of them, I feel, overuse character beats they want you to always be imagining what every character is doing through dialogue. And mm-hmm. it re- leads to, through the dialogue portions, this really choppy pacing where every person is modified with doing yeah. something. And I would expect, just having known a lot of uh, new writers, that a lot of our listeners are doing this. Even if they're journeyman writers who are really getting good at writing, they're not trusting the dialogue to be the focus of the dialogue scenes. And it's really going to slow your scenes down to have... Brandon picked up a cup of water and sipped it, blah, 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 blah. Mary nodded her head, flipping through a book, doing this. And these are all good scenes, good ways to show the character emotion, but they're just going to distract a whole bunch. Yeah. One of the things that I've, uh, well, recently, and it, I'm trying to figure out how recent it would be, the strip that aired, uh, Schlock Mercenary strip that aired on February 12th, 
Sunday strip in which I put in several panels of Captain Tagon walking. Just walking because he was processing something that he heard. Uh, the pacing for that visually, if you are a reader, you will often just scan past those panels and jump to the next piece of dialogue. Comics take some practice to learn how to read. If you look at each of those pictures, you realize this is somebody who has gone for a five or ten minute walk in order to think about the things he's just heard, and then he is talking to the memorial statue that was built of the him that died. Uh, and I've gotten a lot of positive response for that because while he says some things in that last line of dialogue, uh, the things that he is thinking during his walk are not expressed, and the reader is invited to, to, to do some of that. Uh, for me, with pacing, if the character dialogue is telling me everything the characters are feeling, it starts to feel very unnatural because they, we don't speak our thoughts that way. And so the, the speed change for me, the pacing change for me, is when we drop to that point in the story where they're not talking and they're thinking. And yes, it's character introspection and the dialogue has dropped out. And often the things that you put in the description are just skating on the surface of the thoughts that the reader will have as they're contemplating what's happened. That was kind of... I was really interested as you were talking about that. I'd be like, did he zoom out as he was as you were doing the panels or did you zoom in so i just brought it in because you could have done that different ways with the panels each one being quiet and getting closer and closer to his face and you did both you zoomed out showed him as a silhouette and then zoomed slowly back in to his face which is a really cool way to handle it yeah well thank you well done howard and you know that is actually how i transition from finally i'm like how do i do this it's still been bothering me but it is it that's that's often what i will do when i'm transitioning from big narrative section into uh into to a dialogue section is that i will essentially do a zoom in that i get more that you know i'm describing particularly in short fiction where i'm doing a a, a big chunk of tell um to move them from point a to point b then i will to, to signal that we're about to start in, I will describe something very specific to that moment. You know, like Brandon leaned forward. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Yep, and pull us in and then, yeah. Yeah. We are out of time for this podcast. Turned out to be super interesting. I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to take a piece of your writing and I want you to revise it without changing a word. I want you to change the punctuation and the paragraphing only. And I want you to try to, you to, try to go both ways. Make things shorter, make things longer, play with it, see what it does to have a whole bunch of single-sentence paragraphs, see what it does to mash it all together, see what happens if you split some of your sentences into fragments and put the other fragment later on, uh, or not later on, but on the next paragraph, things like that. See what it does. Play with this. Learn to master this tool. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.